0: When I was in my experience, I lost the sense of who I was. I couldn't recognize myself because all that I've always thought about didn't hold true anymore. My paradigms were gone. My life was gone. So I did not know who I was. Who am I? That was the big question. And I had my radical friends, long-term friends, but also friends that I just met, but they are, they cared about me. They remind me of who I was. And they were steadfast there reminding me that, and that was Absolutely key for my recovery and my healing. So having people around you that actually care
1: How do you get? 10,000 people to take a step to the left What's behind the relentless mindset of a world champion? Why do teams of exceptional talent fail? How do you manage? the pressure to perform. These are the sum of the curious questions we will attempt to answer as we bring you world leaders, curious minds, exceptional talent, successful CEOs and incredible human beings who know how to inspire great leaders and are inspiring great leaders themselves. I am Craig Johns, high performance leadership expert, international speaker, and CEO of Speakers Institute Corporate and World Sport Coach. This is the Inspiring Great Leaders Podcast where the ordinary don't belong. Welcome to the Inspiring Great Leaders Podcast. Today we dive deep into the inner work of leadership, cross-cultural diversity, conscious leadership, and gender and intergenerational collaboration Our guest is an internationally recognized generative coach, leadership development expert, divorce specialist, and author of Essays on Boredom and Modernity, and recently launched The Unexpected Gift. With 18 years of global experience living and working in China, Hong Kong, Australia, Canada, Europe, and the USA, who cross-cultural communication and effective relationship building experience gives her a distinctive perspective on personal interpersonal and group dynamics. She holds a PhD in ontology from the university of Hong Kong, a masters in counseling from Monash university in Australia and a postgraduate certificate in human resources management and organization from the Lewis business school in Italy. It's a pleasure to introduce you to the co founder and scientific director of Renaissance Experience, a John Matone Global Incorporated certified coach and master trainer, who is known to combine incredible intellect, heart, passion, and instinct, Dr. Barbara Della Pizza. Barbara, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Craig. It is an honor to be here with you. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Uh, it's a real pleasure. And today we're speaking with you in the in the wonderful spot of Verona, Italy. And I have uh, many fond memories of visiting there over the years. So I'm very jealous right now. But, <laughs> but what I'd like to start off with is I'm really curious You know, for you, what do you think is the greatest lesson the world has been gifted over the last two years?
0: Well, what a beautiful question <laughs> to start with. Um I think that what we the gift that we received uh, with this experience of the pandemic that the world went through is uh, really the fact that there is so much more that we can imagine that uh, has our life is so much more than what we see, and we can imagine because uh, nobody would have imagined that we would go through this situation and we had to reinvent. Globally, the way we live, the way we connect, the way we interact. And so I think that uh, it has been an opportunity for us all to be conscious of the fact that there is so much unexpected um, experiences that, that we. That we can make, and that we need to be open and prepared, because what we see and what we experience is not is not all that there is to our life and to our situation. And so, um, I think that this is one lesson. So to be open to the unexpected, uh, and also uh, the other big lessons actually is the fact that we need to really learn how to master ourselves, and uh, and learn how we we actually function as human being. So being capable of uh, uh, recognize what, what moves us and what is important for us, what motivates us, uh, and what are those values that keep us going when everything seems to collapse. Because for many people that has been the experience, like many people have lost their, their jobs, the way as we used to know, the, the life that we used to know, um, and as we used to live that simply, simply disappeared and so um we had to learn (laughs) how to how to face a new reality and to do that we had to work hard at least this has been my experience and the experience of my clients work hard to learn how to manage ourselves to keep a, a positive attitude, uh, to have uh, a mindset that see possibilities and not scarcity, to, to see opportunities and to deal with the unknown, even if uh, we don't want to do it, even if we are scared, even if we the, the paradigms we, we have used uh, until the moment that the pandemic started, uh, they seem not to be valid anymore. So I think that we—it was a wake-up call. Um, know yourself, know how you work, what is important to you, and and be rooted and grounded on those uh, values first of all, and know that um, life is so much more than what we see and what we perceive.
1: Mm. Very good. The you know sort of the unexpected aspects and and learning more about ourselves—it's it's a great opening. Look, Whereabouts did you grow up as a child uh, and, and what kept you occupied uh, in, in your formative years?
0: Uh, I am Italian, as you mentioned. I am in Italy right now and I am Italian. And um, I was very uh, lucky, I think, because my family have, uh, has always exposed me to diversity. So when we were kids, my parents, uh, me and my sister, Uh, they took us uh, on a trip very often in different countries in Europe. And so these, in the formative years of my life, that was very um, inspiring, I would say, because it instilled in me a curiosity uh, for what was different, because uh, um, as you as you know very well, Greg, when we are when you're living in just one country, your own country, you don't even think that, the, that, that there is something beyond what you live and what you experience. And for me, uh, when I started traveling, and I was young at the time, I was traveling to the UK or to Germany or France or Spain. I started to realize that there actually there was a world beyond italy and i started to be very curious and and that's actually that curiosity and that passion for what is different that it was very stimulating for me i am a philosopher by training and so i love to go deep into uh, situations and so when i was exposed to what was different i was really interested in learning more why i remember i spent one year in germany when i was a student at the university and it was fascinating to see how how different it was the way that my friends and my colleagues at university, they were thinking differently, they have different paradigms, they have different values. And it was for me um, and um, it opened my mind and I, I wanted to learn more. Where, where was that coming from? Why was it that way? And actually, that was the experience that then started the second phase of my life, which was uh, the one that took me actually uh, around the world for the past 20 years. Mm. And, you
1: know, you talk about a lot of curiosity and that ability to travel when you're young. Was this someone, whether it was in your family or outside of your family, that that really uh, inspired you and maybe even challenge you to to be curious about different paradigms and and looking at things from a different lens?
0: Um, I think that actually um, my family is very open, has always been very open, and um, my grandparents, they they love to travel as well. So I think that that curiosity and that passion for what uh, is different comes from there too. But I would say that um, the study of philosophy for me was very, very important from that perspective because it taught me um, to go beyond the obvious. And so when I was uh, experiencing diversity, and in, in very, I, I had this uh, passion of noticing in in, in the smallest um, things, I would say, that there was something beyond what I've always thought of or beyond my experience. And philosophy taught me to to explore, really to explore and and, and trying to find out uh, what I was sensing that was there, right? That was not exactly what I've learned in my and in, in my family or um, in the experience that I had that, that were in my, where I was brought up and um, it was just like, oh, you can see that there is a door there. Let's let's open it a little bit more and, and, and see what is there. Mm.
1: Yeah, very good. And so, you know, as you're, you're experiencing new things and you're starting to go to different countries, etc. cetera, what was kind of the, the things that stood out from you when you were looking at how people were interacting across different cultures?
0: Well, the first the first great gift that that experience gave me, um, it helped me to actually learn more about myself. And it helped me to uh, decide anew who I was and who I wanted to be. My, my experience with diversity started in Hong Kong, and Hong Kong is a melting pot of uh, different cultures from all over the world in a very small place and space, I would say. And, uh, and I remember that when I arrived there, I arrived as uh, an Italian, as myself, as Barbara, as I've always um, knew, known myself to be. And then when i realized that people around me they were uh, they had different religious beliefs they had different cultural backgrounds and therefore what their their values were different and therefore what i had always taken for granted that everybody would believe in this and everybody would give worth and value to these actually was not the case and so i started to again be curious and explore and uh, i realized that when you are in front of diversity, you have at least two options. One is to protect yourself and put up, put up a wall and say, no, that's who I am, that's what I believe in, and I don't even want to question that. And the other option was, okay, let me be questioned by this diversity. Why, for example, you believe that, uh, I'm using a strong uh, example here, you believe that abortion is an option, whereas m- in my country, Christian Catholic country, abortion is not so so much an option, actually, it's the opposite. And if you have always lived within this culture, maybe you don't even think that there is an option beyond this right um, from from very big topic like this to, to smaller topics uh, uh, and there the were very very different approaches and so the second option was okay let's try to consider your position it is very different from mine but let me see what is behind that why you believe this and that is was my was my choice to be to allow myself to be questioned but by, by these differences and then reevaluate what I was believing in, what I my v- values um, were, and decide in that moment, aware that there are so many different views and perspectives, decide what I was standing for and what I wanted to believe in and what I wanted to be um, associated with, so to speak, right? And so that helped me actually to choose who I wanted to be and be very conscious about it, and I think that that's a great gift that diversity. If you are open to it and you are not where uh, scared about it.
1: Mm. And so, if we're you know from leaders that are listening to this right now, who might be, uh, they might have multinational company, or they they might have people living in different parts of the world, or they have a diverse team wherever they are. You how how can you try and ensure that you don't end up with a default way of thinking inside the organization or a default setting of, this is where our head office is, so this is how we do everything.
0: I think that you you do need to be, um, leaders need to be very conscious uh, about diversity and about the fact that people maybe in their team or in their organization do come from different backgrounds. And so not taken for granted that when you say something, Is understood in the same way, Uh, and and leaders need to. um, I think it is extremely important for them to be conscious and aware of this to the point that they want to um, verify that what is said is perceived in in a way that actually is what it was meant. I, I I had a very interesting experience in China, in mainland China, where I also uh, lived and and I taught at the university and I also worked with corporations, and it was very interesting because. Uh, at the beginning, I took for granted that when I was saying something and it was obvious <laughs> that that was meaning. I realized very, very quickly that that was not the case. And so I really started asking questions more and more to be sure that what I was saying and what I meant to say was actually perceived in that manner. And, uh, and uh, I realized very, very quickly that that was often not the case and so i needed to every time i would interact and every time i would teach every time i would do my coaching i needed to be aware that what i was saying it was the person that was receiving my communication did not have the same frame of reference and therefore i needed to be aware that the frame was different and i needed to learn about the the other person frame of difference at reference and so i believe that uh, for leaders it is extremely important to at least be conscious that there is this dimension and this level of understanding that that might be very different from one person to the other, even among leaders that are from different country and different um, uh, culture. So it is all a matter of uh, awareness. And I would add, uh, I don't know if you share this belief, Craig, because I know that you all have also traveled very much and, and in many places, and you lived in many places, and I think that there an element that is important to be able to be aware of this is humility. Mm. So being aware that um, what you think and what you say does not always touch at the core uh, for everybody, but, but you have the humility to ask and investigate and explore uh, their perspective and where they come from and know that there is so much more than what you intend to say that can be in fact uh, understood and perceived do you agree this is an experience no, that you have 100%, had yourself
1: 100 you know from that humility aspect i was just thinking there you know i remember uh when we went online and, and a lot of our team hadn't done much work in different cultures you know so obviously you know, they were from different cultures but stepping outside of their own environment was quite new for some of them and you know the importance of not using sarcasm uh the importance of um, checking for understanding your and and making sure that the meaning that you're thinking or, or what you what what the what your source of truth might be may be quite different to theirs. And so that that approach is so important and, and you talk about conscious leadership and it is, it's being it's it's not just being aware of who's in the environment, but it's around being aware of yourself, being conscious of yourself and what you are saying and how you're behaving, because how does that come across to someone else? who is uh, also interacting with you at that time. Um, probably my biggest lesson was being in Saudi Arabia where things were so completely different. But uh, for me now to see the change that's occurred since I lived there in the last 10 years has been phenomenal. Still got a long way to go from probably my perspective, from their perspective, it's groundbreaking what they're doing every day. They're, they're really mm-hmm. breaking through a lot. So. Um, but from our perspective, it still we still feel they they still uh, have a lot to, to to do, and and it might be just small things, but for them, it's a big big change in the way that they've approached life.
0: And 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 if I may add, um, also the perception, right? As you just said, that from that the, they 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 have to, um, th- there is ground that they need to cover, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if I have also learned that I want to put myself in their perspective, and from their perspective, maybe they would say, "Well, they will have lots of ground to cover to come our way." And so that is also part of uh, um, learning to be humble with re- and recognize that what is different, it doesn't, it, it does have its own right to be and has value as it is even if I might not understand it right so there is uh, in being a conscious leader there is a a humility being humble and also there is a a level of respect that needs to be there even in front of something that I might not uh, understand at first so being open and still respecting what I might not understand at first that is also uh, something that I've learned, it, it's extremely important for, for a leader. Mm.
1: You know, something I realized a couple of years ago, I, I was at a conference and I was there with a group of colleagues and, and friends and we got to a couple of topics and they were quite challenging and the people got up and walked out. And I was like, why are you walking out? And they're like, well, I don't believe in this. Mm. Okay. And, <laughs> and and so what are you learning by walking out? I, and And at that moment, I realized that for me, I tend to lean into people I maybe disagree with or maybe Mm. I don't understand them because I'm like, what have they caught that I haven't caught? You know, for Mm. instance, and I'll go back to Saudi Arabia here as well. Before I went there, I had no comprehension how anyone could ever end up being a suicide bomber. How could you get to that spot? But after living there, I can see it. Do I agree with it? Mm. No, but I can Mm. see how people can that can, can go into that space. And so I, I think it's important to lean into people you may disagree with or people that think so differently to you because if you, if you take the space to be open, then you might just learn something and you might see something from a different perspective which allows you to, to be a greater leader or a greater human being in this world.
0: I I completely agree and for you has been Saudi Arabia you say right for me has been China my the experience I had in mainland China as the furthest away from what I was used to and that the the experience it really allowed me to do what you are saying right I I could not understand many things that China is doing especially um, with all this humanitarian approach and this but once I have lived there for so many years and I've con- connected with them I can see how mm. how it is and, and and not that I agree of course but at the same time it is as if now I see differently you have different lens and mm. and you can connect somehow in, in, in a different in a different way and it is the experience of being stretched to the limit of what you would consider. And, and, and really go beyond not only your comfort zone, but also the, the, the zone where your imagination might get to. And to me, the, the, what uh, especially mainland China has done for me is really stretch my capacity for um, understanding and imagining and uh, feeling uh to to a level that no other experiences has done for me because it is so distant uh, and yet so close I would say to many things that happen in in um, in, in, in Italy I would say mm. it's it is a strange uh, strange experience but um the ability to at least see and be aware of what is possible in in, in different cultures I think that that's a great uh, a great gift because it allows you then to connect And uh, you said these experiences of you where people simply left a conversation and they didn't want to uh, talk about it or confront with it, right? I I believe that when we are dealing with diversity and especially with leaders, but at all levels actually, when we are dealing with diversity, I think that uh, you don't give up on dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that that is uh, for building connection, for building peace, for building rapport. Um, crucial is really never giving up on dialogue mm. and having conversations even if we de- even if we disagree
1: mm. yeah yeah and and hopefully i uh, and i don't want people to take this the, the wrong way as well you know like the, the the idea of me being able to see someone who could become a suicide bomber i get that but it's a very small part a very small aspect of that of that part of the world um you know, to me, the mystique and intrigue factor of a place like Saudi Arabia is mind blowing. I haven't seen it anywhere else in the world. It blew my mind how mm. mysterious everything was. Mm. And it's like going to China as well. There's, it, that, that's what I love about traveling. That's what I love about interacting with people of different cultures. There's just that mystique aspect, that intrigue aspect. What can I learn? What don't I know? Why, why is it like this? You know, mm. what is the mystery behind mm. it? Uh, which yeah. I think is beautiful.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. yeah
1: which is great. It, and, you know, you talk about um, the inner work of leadership, you know, the, the hearts and minds, and, you know, we, we're starting to, we've started to touch this around the conscious leadership aspect. But it, I'd like to expand, you know, expand on your thoughts here to look at, you know, why is it so important that we need to be, looking at the inner work of leadership uh, in this day and age? Um,
0: well, for me, thank you for the question. I love this question. And, and f- for me, um, it is very important for this. The world has become very complex in, in from many respects. And when I say and I, I say that it is important to do the inner work is because uh, let's imagine, let me use a metaphor, let's imagine a watch there is a, a beautiful watch, right? And there are those uh, watches like Pate Philippe, I like it particularly, that they have their cover which is transparent, and you can see the engines. You have all these tiny mechanism and the engines that you can see. They are small, big, big, and they work together in harmony. They are very clean. They are they are shiny. They 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 are actually. Um, the, the movement all the, of the engines is very harmonious, and you don't need to pay attention to it, if not just because it is beautiful, but the watch functions very well. And so um, you need to take care of the inner engines because they need to work properly. But once they do, you don't pay attention to that anymore. You don't put your energy there. You are free to go outside and move in the world you know that your watch is working properly and you can devote your energy attention focus and passion to build something beyond that and so having the 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 work of inner leadership for me is done is to do the the groundwork to make sure that you have uh, all the engines they are well oiled they work properly they are shining they are connecting in the, the in the right way for your for the way you are built right and so having a mindset that it is an abundance mindset that is a mindset that is focused on success and it is not focusing on and, and it is an optimistic mindset it is a mindset that see possibilities that's important it is something that you want to know about and work on that's a big engine that you are polishing and so it is for your emotional set know how you can manage your emotions and your reactions to other people instead so that you don't react for example but you respond to situations and to people and you know how to build report professionally and also in your personal life reports with people that actually can help you and impact on your success, right? You want to take care of your body. You know you are an athlete. You want to take care of your your body in a way that you are healthy. You want to have clarity around what is going on inside your body. So the inner work of leadership has really to do with Make sure that your inner engine, mindset, emotional set, your physical body. I would say also your spiritual dimension if you have one and if you are aware of one. So that everything that belongs to you and pertains to you and constitute who you are from the inside out is working smoothly. It can change. You you need to upgrade it. You need to go and keep it polished. But then it's just a maintenance, so to speak. And so you don't need to devote time and too much energy. If you don't do this work, what happens? That one situation that are outside on the on the outside challenge you. If the inner inner engine doesn't work properly, it is so much more difficult to be um, effective and to perform in the in the peak performance state for solving and to tackle what is going on on the outside. So I think that it is paramount. I I don't think, I believe that because it is so complex today, being in this world, that the more we dedicate to have those inner engine working properly, the better we can be effective and perform on the outside.
1: It just made me think of there, you know, obviously, as leaders, we want to be able to work in a team where we're balancing both conflict and connection and and that magic of that right you can't just have everyone conforming and, and and being connected all the time we actually need some level of conflict to to ensure that the diversity allows it to grow and evolve uh for you you, you spend time in the area of kind of conflict transformation and in inside leadership you know how important is a leader's ability to be able to Manage conflict well inside an organization?
0: Uh, it is paramount, in my opinion. And again, I go back to the inner you know, leadership but because uh, uh, to manage conflict, you need to have the capacity for conflict. And so many people do not, they just think of conflict as something that happens on the outside. I agree or don't agree, and that's it. Whereas a conflict before, being a a disagreement let's say that i have with you or or with a team is a capacity that i have inside because when i am talking to you and we don't agree and we have a, a conversation that it is difficult and it is tough because we have different positions what happens on the inside i need to be I need to have the emotional capacity of stay in the conflict and bear the uncertainty that a conflict brings in. If I don't have this capacity, if I don't know that the conflict resolution begins from the inside, it becomes just a um, very, it it might become a very aggressive and a very um, conflictual situation instead of knowing that the conflict resolution is, for example, a process, a process in time. And it requires an ability to stay in the conflict, stay in questions and maybe in in questions that you do not know the answer of. And it is an emotional experience. So uh, again, I believe that to, to resolve conflict, we need, first of all, to expand our capacity for it from the inside out. And then you apply the technicalities of the situation and what's going on in the context you are in. But before, you need to be capable of conflict, uh, of, of really um, managing inner conflict, if, if, if it makes sense what I'm saying, right?
1: Mm. Oh, it totally like, does. Uh, you know, leading from the inside, it's so important, uh, whether it's conflict, or whether it's in uh, situations of inspiration or situations I've been able to use positivity. Uh, I, think, I think that's such a, a powerful way to, to look at things. Now, you've just recently released a book called The Unexpected Gift. Uh, and it comes from a, a true life story and an experience that's, you know, very, very challenging, but it's it's something that uh, you're not alone with, right? There's, you know, other people go through that experience in the world. And uh, what, what was the catalyst to writing The Unexpected Gift?
0: The Unexpected Gift is... Um the story my story of a renewal and transformation um, after my marriage due to the collapse of my marriage that happened was unexpected and it happened out of the blue and when I was going through this situation and I and I was uh, living and working in different countries at the time and t- I was I was moving between three different countries and did different cultures when I did that I could not find uh, at the time, a book. I love books, and I couldn't find any book that would speak to me from the future. And what I mean by that—that—that uh, that, that would tell me that what I was going through had an end, will have an end, and it will end well. And there is uh, life after this experience of trauma, traumatic experience of pain, suffering, not knowing. Suddenly, the future disappeared. As I have always thought, my life disappeared. As I knew it. And uh, I remember that I really was craving to read this story and a story that would end up well. And so I remember that when I was going through the experience, what I was living was so intense and was so clear because when we go through pain somehow, at least for me, it was so clear all, dyna- all the dynamics that was happening. They were happening inside of me and out that I decided to write down what I was going through. And then, as time passed and my experience evolved, uh, I realized that here we go. This is a this is what I could offer offer to people that are going through similar experience. And so I decided to to to, to write the book uh, about it. And um, so I did. And it is really a desire to contribute to people that go through. Uh, traumatic experiences and also to people that are close to people that go to those experiences because it is very tough to be next to somebody that is uh, suffering and to whom you cannot say look this is how you have to do it one two three and it is gone and and that's the solution oftentimes uh, uh, it is not the case and people are scared Mm -hmm. of the pain of others and so they tend to uh, shy away most of the time because they don't know how to deal. They, they are scared of their own pain as if uh, the pain is contagious, right? And so it is a pow- it was a powerful experience. And so the book wants to be a tool and, uh, and sh- I share my story so that people that go through it can read something what I could not find. And uh, they can see that there is a way and it is going to be fine. Mm.
1: And for you, you know, obviously, when you write a book, it can be uh, quite an experience in itself. The actual process of of writing, you know, for you, was there something that you learn about yourself that kind of caught off guard by actually writing it? You were like, oh, wow, and knew something about yourself.
0: Well, I I loved the process of writing the book because it was. uh, really a live process while I was going through the experience realizing that I wanted to write and writing it down and then putting it together and uh, I realized that I thought because again I am a philosopher that I, I was in control of what was happening to me I was aware I was conscious and this really caught me so much off guard I had absolutely no idea I, I moved from planning to have a family, and unfortunately, I, I lost to pregnancy, to uh, soon after having my husband leaving. So it was completely out of the blue. And, and uh, that I realized that no matter how much you pay attention to what's going on, how much energy and effort you put on doing things, the, what you think is the right way, uh, there are all you are always limited in the way you understand the world that's what I said before right in the way you understand the world in, in the way you can even imagine what's possible and in my case for that experience uh, what was unthinkable came through in a let's say a negative way because it was really a, a very painful experience it was a traumatic experience but this has taught me then and and i have learned it later that the unexpected is also on the positive side so what you cannot imagine uh can happen and it will happen just the timing maybe is not the one that we expect but um yeah th- that's what i realized about myself because i remember that i was really conscious that i wanted my marriage to work out i loved my husband i loved the life that we had created So. I, I thought I was really aware of co- what was going on, but in fact, I was not. Clearly, I had big blind spots that I was not capable at the time to notice and I had not the tools to, to deal with. So it was a great lesson, very costly, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it was a great lesson.
1: Mm. And, and for people listening to this who, who may be experiencing some sort of Um, big change or or a crisis type moment Um, obviously everyone's a lot of people have gone through some big challenges over the last two years and in different aspects of their life what are some things that they can take from what's in the the unexpected gift that they can actually put into practice while they're going through something
0: um it what I what I did in the book is also to um Offer seven steps that mm-hmm. I realized I went through during my experience, and um, and these seven steps is that are for me now. Uh, I I have created a course uh, and a program to help people going through this experience. To me, they are very important. And and the, and and without going through all of them, let me let me just mention a couple of these. And the first one is. Uh, to really start to be honest with yourself and with your story and realize that there are right now there are blind spots that you are not seeing. And so you need to be prepared and be ready and look for expanding your ability and your capacity to learn about yourself. That's why I care so much about the the learning about yourself and self-leadership and the inner leadership. So being aware that he, you are blind right now, for sure, for, for something and for some respect. And so um, moving in the world, knowing that there is always something unexpected, both in positive and negative. Mm-hmm. This is one thing, and it is one of the steps, awakening and be, be ready and, and, and be aware. The second element is that whenever we are going through traumatic experiences, being a divorce, the death of somebody we love, being the, a pandemic that destroys the life as we know it, for me has been key what I call in the book radical friends, which are people that actually care about you and you care about that are there that they actually see you and they remind you who you are and what you are about when you are not capable of doing it in that moment because the suffering and the pain is too much and so if there is an effort to make right now in these contexts or when we are in these situations that are challenging is to make an effort to connect and be connected with people we actually care and that have value for us what I call and, and they are radical friends because they are well rooted deep down, and they can sing our song. I love to I love to think of radical friends in this in this manner. When I was in my experience, I lost the sense of who I was. I couldn't recognize myself because all that I've always thought about didn't hold true anymore. My paradigms were gone. My life was gone. So I did not know who I was. Who am I? That was the big question. And I had my radical friends, long-term friends, but also friends that I just met, but they are, they cared about me. They remind me of who I was. And they were steadfast there reminding me that. And that was absolutely key for my recovery and my healing. So having a people around you that actually care. And the third element also that helped a lot and they can find in the book is um, being open to the idea of mentors and role models the concept of role models for me was extremely powerful because when i was going through that experience i could not find among my radical friends and the people i knew models of people that could show me how to move forward so that i could overcome the situation so i had to search for those role models. I wanted somebody that could tell me, Barbara, there is a way, and here it is. And you know where I found it? I found it in book, historical figures. And in my particular case, I read lots of biographies of people that went through um, the Second World War, the Holocaust, and the concentration camp experience. And I started reading about their experience because I thought this is much worse than what I'm going through. So how did they make it? And so I was learning by reading their stories. I was learning how they were thinking in those situations. What did they do? What did they believe in? What was that gave them the courage and inspiration and the motivation to move on in that situation? And so it was like by reading their stories, I was sitting, as the philosopher says, on the shoulder of of giants. I call them the giants of the soul. I was sitting on their shoulders and from that height, I could see, okay, that's the way I can walk on that path and I will eventually arrive to a new destination and I will be different. I will be transformed, but there is a way. So I think that uh, where we are now, these having role models that we can feel and that we can become passionate about and they can teach us and they make us feel that we belong, mm. that we belong, because uh, that's also important.
1: It's an important part of uh, both <clears throat> both uh, human beings who, who are living in, in this world, but also when it comes to leadership and being part of teams, you know, that feeling of belonging and that connectedness mm-hmm. is so, so powerful. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. uh, allow me, sorry, to just add one thing, Greg, because um, I have heard many of my clients and many people that in the past two years they have been challenged a lot and they say, well, it never passes. You need to be patient, but I'm tired of being patient. Things are not happening. And uh, how am I doing? It's not supposed to be already different so there is a lot of uh, frustration around it and i am thinking for example of the greatness of nelson mandela that he was patient for so many years in prison and look what he did and so because he existed and he went through that experience what is a couple of years to be patient versus the fact that he has already showed us that 27 years in prison is a time (laughs) it is a time that is. there's there's been at least one person that did it. And so um, it doesn't really matter if it is two years. What matters is that we develop the capacity to be patient a little bit longer. So this is another role model that we can look at today and not only because of what he did politically, but really from a um, from a human perspective, right? The stature and the capacities that he had to bear what he did is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so these are role models that we can look at today and learn from them in our two years in prison because of COVID for many people. So yeah,
1: yeah it's all it's all perspective on how you look at things, and um, you know I think sometimes we get caught in the small detail of something that's occurring rather than thinking more about what's the opportunity here. What is the bigger picture? Um, so yeah, really interesting. Well, you know, for everyone out there, you can obviously find the unexpected gift um, in all good bookstores I'm sure. And on Amazon, uh, it's definitely on Amazon. I've seen it there, which is uh, open for you to go and have a look. If you want to go deeper into, uh, into what Barbara learnt there as well. You know, for, you know, for me, I, I obviously we talked about curiosity before. Um, you know, we all know smart people have great answers, but the most successful people in the world ask great questions. When was the last time you did something for the first time?
0: It's a long time. <laughs> Maybe what I can say is, uh, um. Been quarantined. <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, I am actually with COVID, and so I am uh, at the end of my quarantine, and this is the first time. <laughs> uh, so this is the the last time I did something for the first time is quarantining at at, at home. Um, for three weeks now, so that has been an experience. That's also why probably I'm thinking about Nelson Mandela being in prison. <laughs> Somehow in Italy they are very strict, so you need to be at home. So I don't know if this. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. I,
1: it's it's um, it's a great answer. I, I really really like that. And um, yeah, and, and so you know I'm very grateful that you have taken time out of your, your quarantining your, your prison to, <laughs> to come on the podcast with us. <laughs> um, what is one question that you would love to solve?
0: Uh, how would the world look like in one year time and how would the impact of this uh, uh, crisis and also of technology actually how would that technology change uh, the way we live? Because um, when I say technology, I really mean the fact that we now work remotely. Um, We work through computer most of the time. There is A.I., there are all the gaming industry. They are changing a lot the way human being operates. And uh, one question would be what would be what what is going to be the actual impact of uh, of technology and and, um, ai and uh, virtual reality on our lives and the way we live our lives because the the pandemic has accelerated the in, the the use of technology for everybody right it has accelerated it and um, what is the actual impact I, I am a coach as you are and i love uh, <laughs> to work on the human beings that's my my arena working with human beings and so the question would be, how will we actually be affected in the way we we live and in the way we feel and how we can be happy and healthy? And uh, yeah, so the actual impact of all of these on humanity. Mm. That that will be my question, I guess, now great question. that I would want an answer to. Love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, what is an inspiring, great leader to you and who's a great example of this In the world, either right now or previously,
0: an inspiring great leader for me is um, is somebody we know. uh, Leaders they are those that create a world that you want to belong to, and um, I think that a great leader today is somebody that can go beyond what's obvious. And uh, when I and and offer a perspective and a world that somehow brings back some values that might not be frontline right now. Um, what what do I mean is for example, and, and it is something that I am I have been thinking, right? Um, being being visible, being successful, being an influencer, being on uh, on social media, having an impact these are all new k- kind of new values that are um, marketed <laughs> out there, right? And so, if I imagine somebody that wants to emulate some leader, it might be the first. Uh, response will be, well, I want to be an influencer, I want to be visible, I want to make an impact, right? And I think that um, a leader that would impact me is one that can let surface again values like uh, uh, collaboration more, or I can be on the second position, not necessarily on front line, but I want to have an impact and I, I don't necessarily need to be visible or showing off uh, uh, myself out there so i would say that um a leader that can bring about value of collaboration generosity contribution um, making a difference but in a way that is actually serving not just me but many Um, and and i think that uh to do that we need to be actually very good uh as a leader to be very effective uh, and performing very well uh, um as uh, and, and at the same time also having um I don't know if I would com- call it a moral compass uh, and and an attention to diversity as we said before and to m- many different possibilities for many different people at the same time so um having said that I don't know who could be a leader I I think about actually that uh, this would be brought up by um probably a female style of leadership because i would say that these are perhaps perhaps qualities that are more uh, close to um, a female approach to leadership which is what i i think is very important today um or at least a collaboration in this sense so um i think uh, i i love valerie (laughs) jerry for example and, and in the U.S., uh, I love Sarah Blakely. Uh, they are a great example of leaders, one in the political um, arena and the other one in the business world. That to me, they, they um, embody what I've just said. So they are a great leader in the sense that they, are, they have ob- obtained success. They are performing amazingly with what they do. They, they have created incredible work for everybody. And at the same time, they bring about those values uh, and they are aware that they want to do that. That's his answer. That was a long answer to your question, <laughs> Okay. <Gregor. laughs> oh, that's good,
1: it's very insightful. I, I really like the way that you you broke it down, uh, which is brilliant. Um, you shared some very fas- fascinating insights today, and um, I'm sure people are more uh, a lot more curious to know more about what you do. Um, so how can people learn more about what you do and what is the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Um, I am, uh, the best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. I am uh, active there and I will be more and more. So just looking for my name on LinkedIn and I actually always very happy to connect with people there. And then there is my website that is in constant uh, evolution uh, where people can can learn about what I do. And uh, it is, of course, in progress. Some changes now uh, beginning of 2022. Uh, but uh, my website www.barbaradallepezze.com My name is difficult and long, but <laughs> it's there.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes because uh, I'm sure my pronunciation uh, would have been, made it difficult for you to figure out which letters of the alphabet were in there. Um, <laughs> so I'll put them in the show notes. So it's nice and easy for everyone to, oh, to find those y- as well.
0: Your pronunciation was very good, actually, Craig. <laughs> i find my name. Uh, or, yeah, I'll,
1: so. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, work to do. its uh, It's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you today, Barbara. I really liked your, your insights into uh, conscious leadership into um, how we can look at things from a different perspective you know and the importance of looking at something from the kind of that inside out you know that whether it's our own self our leadership or whether we're in conflict we need to go within and then and then expand out I, I think that's such a valuable way for people to look at the world we we can quite easily get caught in in our narrative in in kind of what we've always grown up in and that ability to be able to step outside that and go, hey, you know what? Ah, I don't actually have to be the same as I've always been. There is a different way here. So let's be a little bit open to it. And It kind of makes me reflect back to when I first moved to Taiwan. And on day one, my mate said, uh, all right, forget how you drove in New Zealand. You just need to drive like they do and you'll get along real well. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, otherwise you end up in trouble and you'll crash. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like that when... You, when you do go into new environments, like going into a new workplace or you are working with a different client that, that might be in a different industry that you work for, you've got to be able to take those blinders off and you need to have a very open mind and sometimes it's going to challenge you, it's gonna feel uncomfortable, it's gonna feel awkward, but how can you let go of that to go, okay, what is? what can we peel back here to go, you know what, maybe I'm looking at it from a different lens and it's okay to, to look at it from an, from another one. Um, so, uh, thank you for sharing your insights into your, uh, the unexpected gift and, and showcasing your vulnerability there around some challenges you went through in life and what you learned from that. And I just, it's a real gift that you are sharing with the world to, to showcase, you know, what you learned from it and how that can help other people, um, go through things a little bit easier. Um, if, you know when they go through different challenges in life. So thank you very much. It's, it's been a great, um, great hour of your time and I've really enjoyed it. So thank you very, very much for being a guest on the show.
0: Thank you, Craig. It was really great and I uh, really enjoyed myself as well. Having a conversation with someone that has experienced something similar is also a plus <laughs> and it was really beautiful. So thank you for having me, really.
1: It's time for you to join the inspiring great leaders movement by visiting craigjohns.com.au share this podcast on linkedin and be sure to hashtag inspiring great leaders we would love it if you could leave a review on apple Podcasts or spotify drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the craig johns linkedin facebook and instagram pages Be sure to check out the next inspiring, great leaders podcast. Where the ordinary don't belong.